Let's go. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Bingetown TV and our coverage of Percy Jackson and the Olympians, which is now transitioned into a weekly show on Disney Plus, which I'm quite happy about. So this is episode three titled We Visit the Garden Emporium. And we finally started our quest that we were introduced. I guess finally, we were literally introduced to it at the end of last episode, but it's been a week. So finally, we've started this quest. We meet some new characters. Um, I don't know if you want to dive right in or if you want to just give like an overview of your thoughts. I guess we haven't really talked about that. I'll give a quick little overview and fair warning. I'm, I'm a little sick, so this might be a day later than what we're going to plan on dropping it. And if you hear it in my voice, I apologize. But we wanted to really talk about this because we just watched this episode. Um, so quick thoughts. It was another great episode. I have not too many complaints. My biggest complaint, I would say, is how much I liked Medusa compared to how much screen time she got. Because I thought the actor was fantastic. I thought the design looked so cool with just how she hit her eyes. Every time Medusa's spawn in a different way, it's usually pretty interesting, but this one was really cool. I'm just upset she didn't get more screen time. That's like one of my biggest takeaways from it. And I do wish they were a little bit more, not <clears throat> maybe not gory is not the right word, but like I kind of wanted to see the head cut off and then yeah. like oh, just a little bit more. But I understand this is not for me like this show. I'm not the main target audience as a 28 year old, so I can get past that and I, I'll lump in my same criticisms of like the cringiness of the song like that grover and percy whatever i get it it's not it's not for <laughs> yeah, me, it me i get it it's yeah it, but yeah. what i will say is that this episode did a lot for me for annabeth i thought she finally is starting to feel like more of a main character and i like the dynamic between the three of them it's starting to come together a bit more so that's the main takeaway from this episode um and then yeah like i'm gonna be comparing this a lot to the movie too because the Medusa stuff for that is pretty like there's a there's some key differences that we can talk about. But overall, again, still all, you know, full sail head. We're, we're doing great. I, have, I don't have any big complaints. How about you? Yeah, no, I would say no complaints. Again, this episode made me laugh. Mm -hmm. if, if the humor isn't, you know, adult humor, it still makes me laugh, which I think is is very nice. I'm just having fun, man. And, and I agree. I thought the maybe let's say mini arc of percy and annabeth's relationship in this episode was very successful for me it felt good at the end of the episode like we've 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 earned a notch on our belts like we're kind of coming together as a as a team here i thought it was good yeah definitely all right i'm ready to so, talk about it now, uh, yeah yeah and i guess just very quick overview if for whatever reason this is the first episode of ours you're listening to about percy jackson we read the books when we were younger when they were coming out we've seen the movie luke actually just rewatched the first movie very recently so that is more fresh in his head we're not subject matter experts although we just love the series we love greek mythology this was a big mm -hmm. part of our childhood so we're just excited that there is a fun new adaptation of it okay so moving into this episode kind of breaks itself somewhat nicely into prequest quest uh, or i guess prequest um medusa ish stuff and then kind of the aftermath of medusa so prequest we have a few scenes here we have percy being able to select who's going to come with him on the quest which Obviously, it was going to be Annabeth was going to be one of them. And then we have Percy having a conversation with Grover as he chose Grover, chose Grover rather as this, his second on the quest. And then he has another conversation with Luke. So we kind of have three, I guess, technically pivotal moments because mm -hmm. obviously this plays into the entire story itself. But uh, just kind of general thoughts on all those. So I want to start with the Oracle because I love the Oracle in Greek mythology. Um, the Oracle is just 
super famous. I always mix up the Oracle and then, I mean, I don't mix them up, but there's a similar concept, which I'm sure we'll see the other side of this too. It's always the Oracle and then the three um, fates, fates, right? Yeah. 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 So I thought the Oracle's great. I always remember that the cabin of like the counselor or the, the attic of the counselor's cabin is this magical place. Like they always have all these items up there. Like you saw the Minotaur, um, the Minotaur horn that Percy broke up there. You saw like the Achilles helmet, which was up there. So cool. Just little Easter egg nods. And then the Oracle's great, but it turned into Gabe, which was fucking crazy just to get, it was Gabe, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I like the yeah. disappointment on Percy's face. Yeah. Yeah. That was I mean, kind of funny. It's like, really? <laughs> yeah, exactly. But uh, yeah. this is so important for basically, I'm guessing the rest of the season is this prophecy of the quest and how it's going to go and how he's going to get betrayed by one of his friends, by someone he calls a friend. That's going to inform all of the decisions that Percy makes. Anything weird you see Percy deciding between, which it took me a little thinking through like when he's at the dinner table with medusa later and he's deciding to like go with her he's he's thinking about this prophecy and how annabeth in his head he thinks annabeth's going to betray him so this is like a very crucial moment for like the whole quest um and i thought it hit well and it got yeah yeah, in this episode yeah I, i thought that it got that point across well um and then the direct conversation after with Kyron and mr and uh dionysus talking about how sorry um la Yeah, slash yeah. like hollywood is like where the underworld is like that's just cool that was a thing that's always been a thing um yeah in that made me laugh books yeah i mean that made me laugh when i first read the books right a funny little choice for where it would be and this is something i'm gonna put you on the spot with because i don't really remember and i'm sure you don't either but i'm gonna just throw it out there in the movies it's a very important plot point that they go to these different places to get the pearls of persephone so that they can mm. smash him and escape the underworld. It seems like we're not doing that at all, right? In the in the show. At least not so far. I can't imagine. I mean, yeah, it's kind of tough. There was an element in this episode of like withheld information. Sure. From each other. So I can maybe see it, but I, I would say it doesn't seem like it. It seems like they, they make Medusa's medusa's place is the where they get the first stone that's mm-hmm. why they even go there in the movie but in here it's different they just kind of get pushed into that direction yeah so yeah. i'm i'm okay with that i the putting putting you on the spot moment is do you remember if it was in the books or not because i can't remember no i don't i'm guessing it's not because if they're not doing the show then it's probably not in the books so i'm fine with that, that makes sense. um and it's cool just like having like greek mythology kind of just pushes you towards them rather than it being like them seeking out medusa's place like they naturally will just stumble upon these things just because that's how this world and reality works yeah yeah um just a few comments i would say overall i think that i just love grover i think this conversation they actually have a little bit of a real conversation what percy says to him here when he chooses him you Mm. know i just trust you that's why he wants to bring grover along grover's happy to be included and he's going to bring the best snacks which just feels pretty on the nose for Grover. And then I, I think Luke and him just have a very nice conversation. It's nice that Percy is like very openly honest with him. I think it does a lot for their relationship that it's like coming across that they trust each other so much, even through these three episodes right here. And then he, importantly, Luke obviously gives him uh, the, the chucks that are the Hermes shoes. And I, I just really like Luke's actor. I was a little shaky maybe at the start, like when he first got introduced, but I just I'm I'm fully sold on him. I think he's great. I'm excited for more of him. 
Oh, he's I'm all in. I pretty much have been all in. Like he's he's great. Um, but the standout for me in this scene, I was just so happy with the creative uh concept of the Hermes shoes here. I've never seen a pair yeah. with just one wing on one side like that. It's always like the two on both of them, yeah, right? I thought it looked sick and how it just like you say the the secret word and it, and the, the wing pops out on the right. I thought that looked sweet. And it's funny because we already see Grover use it this later this episode when he just like flies away at Medusa's. Um, yeah. But yeah, that like the shoes are so cool. Like they're they're one of the cooler magical items in Greek mythology of just being able to fly around like that. So I'm happy that 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 was there. And I like that in hindsight, like he he couldn't have picked Luke because of the conversation that they have later where he says, like, if I picked you or sorry, if I picked annabeth and you like there was a chance if she betrayed me you're not going to be yeah. with me so like it all made sense be one. because clearly annabeth and luke would have been the option in a vacuum without the prophecy yeah yeah for sure it's nice that grover's along he's good uh comedic relief I, this just feels like an insane gift to give someone that you barely know I, I guess you know percy has some clout on that he's a forbidden child i think luke obviously has a an understanding of how important the mission is it just seems crazy mm-hmm. that he's just like take these shoes but and there's also the big discrepancy between um how they establish luke in the movie versus here where you kind of find out pretty early in the movie that luke hates or dislikes his dad uh hermes so that could be part of the reason in the movie at least he pushes away like the gift they don't really establish that in the show as much yet um because I agree, like that's like that's like uh, Annabeth giving away her cap, like she wouldn't do that to anybody. Yeah, odd. yeah exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, and it's I mean I guess they're it got ramped up. I think this episode, obviously Medusa's monologuing about it so much, but of like this opposite perspective, I guess you could say that like the gods are kind of evil. They kind of do whatever they want, and you know consequences be damned type of thing. So maybe they're just kind of warming us up to that concept. Yeah, definitely. That seems to be what's happening. Okay. So then we're kind of moving now into our quest. We're about to leave. I guess we technically have left, but we're not really that far from the camp itself. And we just have Annabeth have a very quick moment with um with Talia's tree. We get a little bit more maybe about the story. I just the only reason I want to call this up specifically is because this was the first line that made me laugh out loud is when Annabeth says something like, you know, she met like a hero's fate. And Percy just like she met a pinecone's fate. Yeah. <laughs> it's like so insensitive, but it's so funny. Mm-hmm. But again, that's just like a beginning of Percy kind of questioning like literally all powerful Zeus and his best idea was to make her a fucking tree. Like what the fuck yeah. is that type of deal? So I just thought this was good. Um, I'm shocked that they are getting this much into the whole backstory of like Annabeth, Grover, Thalia, like all of that already. This seems like good seed plants, I would say. And it's cool that they give you that explicit explanation of why like Thalia is a tree now, like, and what's, what's going on with all that. So like, that's mm-hmm. important information. Um, I didn't expect them to go there already, but it's cool that they did. And they, I think they mentioned in this scene as well about like the furies were chasing them and they mm-hmm. confirm, which I'm happy because we would have looked real dumb was that the furies are Hades agents. Like yeah. they say that tw- I think they say that throughout this episode. So <laughs> saved us that one right there now. Yeah. And I don't, <laughs> I I don't know or understand the mechanism of their like rebirth, but obviously Hades is rules the underworld. So he has some level of control over their souls if they have them or whatever. Cause obviously we literally watched Mrs. Dodd slash Electa die in the first episode. So 
No, there's there's a thing. Like I remember this being something in the books, and I think they'll eventually explain it. I don't want to guess or put out conjectures yeah. right now because they the rules of this world could be slightly different. But yeah, like the Minotaur can die and like he'll come back. I think. Like mm-hmm. I think that's just how it works in this world. Like you kind of get like re. It's I don't want to say wheel time esque, but like you yeah, get yeah. reshuffled as, nice. if you are something like in the in the Greek mythos. So, but also. There was multiple furies in this episode, right? We saw the one that yes. Annabeth just fucking slays, which was sick yeah. with the with the knives. So, all right, I guess I'll save that. I'll leave that for now. But I just wanted to bring it up because the furies have been always agents of Hades, like basically mm-hmm. doing his bidding. So anytime we see them, we can attribute them to Hades. So that's good. Yeah. And then um, some other cool lines here, which you could probably read between the lines, but I like that they explicitly said it was how important hero- heroes quests are to the world that they literally change the power dynamic on Olympus. They'll change the course of human civilization. They just change yeah. the world. And that is just so epic because that's, that is what it is. Like we saw earlier in episode one, they're talking about Perseus versus Medusa. Like that was like a quest and it changed the entire world, literally gave our main character his name. So all of these things are just cool, high level concepts for this, the world of Percy Jackson. It just makes it such a fun, cool spin on Greek mythology. Um, but yeah, so yeah. I like the the style too they do with it with like the narration where it's Grover kind of talking about it, but stuff's going on. It felt like they're kind of almost like reading us a story or like a tale. Yeah. Which I thought was a good, a solid choice there. And that, yeah, perfectly. We kind of, we're on the way we're moving and grooving and we're on the bus and the bus again, just kind of made me laugh. And again, Percy is showing he's kind of, he's astute in the sense where he's like, questioning all of the decisions that are being made around him where he's like why the fuck are we taking a bus yes like why can we not just fly but the answer is perfect is that you know zeus is pretty much against you like zeus owns the sky like it would literally Mm -hmm. be handing him handing you him handing him you on a silver platter which was perfect you know right there and then we kind of get into this annabeth and percy continuing to to butt heads a little bit percy wants to vote on things which don't really need to be voted on we get introduced to a song the consensus song which which definitely made me laugh um and then we get a little bit more info about monsters too i like this when grover kind of says that monsters sense different things about you Mm -hmm. so there could be some monsters that are attuned to your like desire for glory there could be some monsters that are attuned to your like maybe like magical prowess and all that kind of stuff and that's just like a fun little bit of world building right there yeah, you mentioned the whole Zeus, like the observation from Percy. He is, they're doing a really good job of asking those like meta questions or like the, mm. the audience questions, which in my opinion is always just a sign of good writing because it I means like they're, they do that too. Yes, they're, they're addressed exactly. Like that was such a good moment. They didn't even need to clarify that. Like you could have kind of said, like, okay, Zeus kind of Scott, yeah. whatever. But I like that they say it, fits it. perfectly in the style of the show. The yes, way that it, it does. Did. Yeah. Um, and then the again, like I'm, the Furies look amazing. Like I don't, yeah. you're not gonna convince me that the CGI for this show isn't top three fucking ever. Like I, until I see a bad monster, like this is like peak level of just CGI. Yeah, it's pretty fucking crazy, and it looks so good too. I don't know how they do it. Like, because there's like, I guess unless the people on the bus are computer generated, like there's like real people that are moving like up right against and through almost like the computer generated graphic. I don't know how it all works, but it looks fantastic to me. One, I think important thing to call out, which kind of gets resolved a little bit at the end is just that Annabeth and Electo. Yeah. Electo slash Mrs. Dodds have this like interesting relationship 
it's not, I don't know if it's necessarily a relationship, but they obviously have knowledge of each other. There's maybe a potentially a level of begrudging respect there, you could say. Well, no, and, she was the one that killed Thalia. Oh, yeah, I know. I'm just saying, okay. like, they're like, they literally sit down and have a conversation here about like Electo's kind of bargaining with her of like, give us Percy and we'll make yeah. your quest easier, all that kind of stuff. That obviously comes into play a little bit later, but, and then all hell breaks loose on the bus. Another Fury comes in. Which, like you mentioned, Annabeth just quickly knifes, which was sick. I like how she yeah. kind of hesitates too at first, and then is like, "Okay, let's get out of here!" Like yelling at Percy, who's still in the bus. Mm-hmm. I was like, "All right, Annabeth, settle down." It so. is cool the 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 seamless transition that they show you, even the normal people's perspective that can't see through the mist. Oh, that it's was crazy. cool. I just, yeah, I, I didn't think they were going to address it, and the, the fact that they did it, like, we almost don't even need to see it again. We can kind of just now attribute everything to look like that from other people's perspective. So that was a good, just like clear that out of the way right away yeah yeah they're doing a good job they're doing a good job okay so we're transitioning kind of into the next phase of this quest in this episode which is we're on foot now traveling through the woods i just love how percy's like i didn't know that there was a forest like this in new jersey i think that's again the mist coming into play a little bit here and Mm -hmm. we have a little bit of an argument here that doesn't necessarily get settled so i just want to kind of introduce the argument and then we can move into medusa's but essentially Percy is on edge, like we've said. He's kind of almost waiting for this betrayal to happen, even though the quest literally just started. Um, yeah, Annabeth right. kind of confronts him with this question that's incredibly philosophical and it feels like intense at the beginning of a quest. But she asks him, why are you so afraid of who you are? Percy kind of dodges the question, kind of flips it on her of like, let's talk to your mom because he wants help and all this kind of stuff. We do get the truth that Grover was Annabeth, Luke, and Talia's guide which mm-hmm. upsets Percy in, I thought, initially like a weird way. But I, I don't know. I, we can talk about that later a little bit. Like jealousy? Yeah. It just felt yeah. odd that Percy felt like this like ownership over Grover. Especially because he's 24. <laughs> like He's like the adult, yeah. kind of. Yeah, but I guess uh, also that was yeah. like Percy's like only like real friend that he's ever had. It's true. Deal. So I, I could see it coming from that perspective for sure. But I think it was more, I think it was more that he just assumed that Grover was going to always have his back, but like didn't oh, understand point, yeah. that the the baggage, not the baggage, but like the 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 background built in with Annabeth that sh- he would have her back almost equally as much. That's such especially a good point. if yeah, it's almost like he's seeing Luke now. Like yeah, especially with like, like like he thought it was the easy two v one of him and Grover, but now it's a question of where Grover exactly. And and Grover yeah. said on the bus like I don't want to tie break like i'm not doing this because yeah. to grover's perspective these are like two of grover's most important people he's not picking one yeah. over the other so that's probably what it is yeah, yeah yeah yeah. okay and before that can officially get hashed out grover ever astute in the the nose area i guess you could say for lack of any better words that could have possibly described that smell some hamburgers and we then move into auntie m's which very quickly we realize is medusa we get Medusa is here, obviously. We have Electo is, is hot on their heels, so she arrives as well. And there's just a lot of things that happen here. I think we could take everything up until Percy kind of kills Electo. So there's some good conversations that happen. There's some good action sequences that happen. So the floor, I would say, well, is just... Wait, not wider. kills Electo. You mean they go inside to dine, right? Or are you saying no, we're talking say, about everything? I was talking everything? about everything, yeah. Okay, okay. Because there's... Okay, there's a lot then. Because... um. So I'm a huge fan of Annie M's. Like, I think that's so cool. Like just the idea of like Annie M's, like what is this? But they're doing such a freaking good job. Like I just said this, 
but they're be, they're ask they're they're looking at it from like an audience perspective of people that have some level of like Greek mythology knowledge. Like the the a lesser show would have made them fall for the trope of just like oh who's this even though like you see stone statues you see she covers her face annabeth susses it out like right away and i like that they got that out of the way they weren't going to waste time trying to trick us that they didn't know who the one of the most famous non-god killers is like monsters so i'm happy that they got that out of the way so that aside which was dope um she looks amazing anti or medusa like i i love the whole design (laughs) i think i think yeah i was gonna say i like the whole um just like the ambiance that they build around her, how crazy she is. And then Electo like freaking out, like whipping out her wing and like guiding, like blocking herself. And she was so scared. She just stood right there. All of that was just awesome because I would assume that if you get frozen, maybe like Electo wouldn't come back as quick or something like that. So it actually is something that like can threaten an immortal Greek mythology character where, you, you know, but uh, so again, and then another quick thing, um, I like the idea of the satyr path, that it's something that you need to like be a satyr to basically get in. And Grover mentions his uncle Fernand, uh, which we'll, we'll get some payoff for that later. But this was like a great intro into them getting lured into Medusa's because of that whole Percy has the suspicion someone's going to betray him. Annabeth says, this is Medusa's. We're not going in. He like thinks about it. He's like, she could betray me at any point. I'm going in. So like yeah. all of that, the, the decision making is weird if you don't understand where he's coming from, which is good that they gave us the Oracle thing right before this happened, because it kind of explains everything of why Percy would even be dumb enough to go in there. But it makes yeah. sense because he doesn't know who to trust at all. They nailed to the, like you're saying, the, like the ambiance or the aura around Medusa. The music, like the sound, yeah, it, it was so good. It wasn't dude. Like, like caricature, cartoony level, yep. like evil it was just like an uncomfortableness where like yeah like we know what she's about Mm -hmm. because we have a general understanding obviously greek mythology and everything the characters know what she's about they know you're kind of walking on ice the whole time you're around her i thought they kind of nailed that atmosphere really well yeah and i i think once they do go inside and they start sitting at the uh the table and they have the conversation where she's initially trying to lure all of them before Before she says, like, okay, fuck you guys, basically. Um, this is the true story, kind of, right? Like, isn't isn't the story that she that Medusa tells, which is she was um she was like a very loyal uh servant of Athena, like forever and ever and ever, and then Poseidon thought she was beautiful, hooked up with her, and then Athena got jealous and punished Medusa for all of eternity. Like, that's kind of like the general story that I knew before I watching the show. Medusa tries to spin it where she was so loyal but received nothing from Athena. And then the second that like she stopped being loyal to Athena, she gets punished, which would piss me off as well. Like I, I see where she's coming from. I can't remember if that's a Percy Jackson spin or if that's actually what happened in the general Greek mythology. But either way, like I feel like she is justified. Auntie M is justified in how she acts and stuff. Like I would be so anti-gods yeah. here as well. I think the way they presented it here definitely gives like a better reasoning or maybe not a better reasoning but it fits maybe the story more the real myth i think is like like poseidon rapes her is like pursuing her she's against it and she like runs basically like runs to athena's temple and Mm -hmm. is asking for protection and gets no answer and poseidon rapes her on the steps of the temple and And then then, like athena punishes her like, like yeah like had to like I don't know exactly the wording of it, but essentially like 
because like Medusa brought him there and defiled the temple essentially. Like she punishes Medusa for that. Jeez, dude, gods yeah, are which crazy, is like, which man. is even worse for sure. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I think, but they they say in the show, I just I clocked it because I was thinking of how maybe graphic potentially they were going to get on her description of the story, but she kind of just says Poseidon's desire. And it did make it seem like it was a almost like a jealousy thing with Athena. That makes a lot of sense. And I agree with you. I don't know how graphic they're going to go because like the whole Persephone and Hades storyline yeah, as well. Gets, that's there's, like, there's some insane shit that happens in Greek, Greek gods. gods are fucking selfish assholes. So <laughs> I also think that they want it to probably avoid painting Athena in a super, super negative light. Like it's fine to paint the gods as a negative light. Like that's a huge yeah. theme of the show. But because they want to leave the door open for any sort of like Annabeth and um, Athena reconciliation or something, maybe because if they leaned into the story you just said, that's like irredeemable. I don't think they were were ever going to bring up the concept of rape. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably not. So I didn't think that was going to happen. I get where Medusa is coming um, from, though. Yeah. And I like the immediate like adversarial nature that Annabeth has. And I, I like how Medusa calls it out too. She goes, "Oh, like daughter of Athena, like you really like love your mother." And Annabeth's mm-hmm. like, "Yeah, like why would I not?" Basically, I just like that the kind of yeah butting of heads that they do there. And then yeah. we move kind of into a, a what I thought was a very interesting conversation, which I don't remember it happening like this. But Medusa talking to Percy and kind of mm-hmm. saying like straight up like Annabeth will betray you. Then she throws in that part of like she feels like protective of him because his mom and her like went through somewhat similar things with yeah. Poseidon basically of like having his desire and then not having it immediately. And then I kind of Percy questions it. And when she throws out like, where's your mom now? Like, is she safe type of deal? And Percy, I think the wheels start turning a little bit there of like, you're, you're right. Like Poseidon obviously didn't save her in any sense like that. So I thought that was interesting. I just don't remember that happening in the movies or the books. Yeah. I, I still like the idea of each demigod being split on if they should like their parent or not. Like that's a good that's a good interesting plot point to always make them questioning if they should be loyal to their dad or mom or like should they be taking the side of all these people that are against the gods. So I think it's just good nuance, but I I don't think that happened in in yeah I I I think I guess the thing that was more interesting and it felt different to me was Medusa being like I feel protective of you. I don't know mm-hmm. if that was her like I could see it being her just kind of preying on the fact that he said earlier like i don't know why but i trust her i think he's just she's just being manipulative yeah when they go when they before they go in because he's like i don't know why but like i think we can trust her type of deal and i think she's just using that for sure i just there was just like i did not expect those words to come out of her mouth honestly i wish she just joined the squad imagine she's just the fourth (laughs) member and medusa's just on your team you just walk around everywhere she just that'd That'd be crazy yeah but we kind of transition now into we're kind of on the run a little bit before we get to the basement though. I just thought like we get her hat coming off and mm-hmm. oh, dude, her eyes looked great. The yeah. character design, like you said earlier, was fucking fantastic. You're right. It's a shame that we don't really get much of it. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. it's very brief, but let's, yeah, let's just it. lump all this in with just going into the basement because they, they all run from the table. They go into the basement and they see the labyrinth of the thousands and thousands of statues that Medusa has frozen over the, whatever centuries that she's been alive and the basement's awesome like this is a cool concept too where it's basically like medusa's version of her like trap like her what she would be pulling people in because 
think about it like hundreds of thousands of years ago she doesn't have like andy m's emporium they have to kind of like convert mm -hmm. it to modern times always which is one of the genius like spins that percy jackson does you got to convert yeah. all of the greek mythology to modern times and make it interesting and make it's it make sense so fun for rick to do that oh yeah like, like, this like is, planning the books out yeah this is what he had in his head and he he's probably <laughs> he made living a, book, his yeah, like best a story right around now. it we yeah, should do that, funny. bro. We're going to make a D&D &D campaign around it. We'll publish that anyway. Uh, but but in the basement, we, we've already hit a couple of things. Like we have the Grover finding his uncle Ferdinand later. Um, he uses but, the shoes. Yeah, exactly. He gets lost. Yeah. Uh, what's what's the pat? Do you remember? the? It's like Maria. Maya. Maya. Maya that's believe, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So Maya is the password. That'll probably come back. But just classic. Just they get split up. Then they come back together. She's taunting Percy a little bit more. And eventually... He does the predictable and cuts off her head after Annabeth caps Medusa so that she yeah. can no longer, so she's invisible. It's a nice one, um, too. It is good. And what Percy immediately wants to do, which is super insensitive, is bury Medusa's head with the cap, which why? Why not just bury the head without the cap, is my opinion. But no idea. That, that leads to a good conversation about how, the idea that like and like Percy needs to be more open to the idea like Annabeth doesn't have a relationship with her mom either uh that information kind of comes out here so this was just a lot of interconnected um reconciliations happening between the three of them like because all the tension that was building up throughout mm -hmm. the episode kind of comes away here so this was more of a transitional episode but I guess we do need to talk about um Electo dying as well like when they go outside yeah. they freeze Electo or Percy takes the cap off and freezes Electo who's just standing there still so yeah yeah, two, I would say, offhand, maybe potentially offhand comments before getting into like the relationship building. I really like Medusa. I just like the line, if neither of you will teach them these lessons, where she's kind of trying to maybe low-key recruit them. It's probably still manipulative at the same time, but like trying mm -hmm. to maybe teach them and show them and have them show the gods like how fucking selfish they are. But I just like, if neither, and if neither of you will teach them these lessons, perhaps you should be the lessons which is her basically saying like, all right, I'll just fucking kill you guys and send your bodies right. back to your parents, which mm -hmm. was good. And then I just love like the Percy just carrying the head. I'm sure it was like a green screened head. So his hands, mm -hmm. like, he wasn't like acting maybe like freehand with his hands. I was, it was just I funny. thought the same thing. I was like, <laughs> he's probably holding something. Yeah. I had the same exact thought. That's so funny. But I love when they get to the door and in <laughs> Annabeth, they're just looking at the door and there's like a couple seconds and he just kind of turns his like, my my hands are kind of full. <laughs> I just love him. I think he's so goddamn good. I also couldn't get myself to touch Snake. Like just yeah. invisible Snake. Your hand is just all I over dead Snake. Dead. Yeah. Ugh, I, ugh, that's so gross. Yeah. But anyway, well, he is a, he is a hero. He's a demigod. So <clears throat> he's above us. He's better than us. So yeah, I Ooh, think that's good. One thing I wanted to bring up too. Uh, I wrote this down. I thought it was worth saying is he does spill the beans about the Oracle prophecy. So they now know why he yeah. was being sketchy. I don't know if I personally would have done it yet. Like as Percy, because I feel like having that information is important, but also now it seems like he's going to be more trusting of these two and just let that prophecy kind of just happen whenever it needs to happen. So that's important that they know about that. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. That is interesting too of he's not, maybe not necessarily trusting. And again, maybe he's not thinking that far ahead, but like, is it now going to become like almost self-fulfilling? Yeah. But maybe, but yeah. is it better that it's self-fulfilling in the sense that like Annabeth, maybe it or grover at this point can like kind of pick and choose the spots where like 
I don't know. Just interesting to think about, I guess. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I thought Grover, I think, shine the most in these scenes. I just he kind of grows a backbone more, puts the his glue down and is like literally and he kind of just sets him straight where it's like like Percy. Listen, like the hat is obviously very important to her. Like it's the only thing she has of her mother. And then she says, Annabeth, listen, like Percy obviously has a very difficult choice to make all this kind of stuff, blah, blah, blah. And yeah, I just think that it was very nice having these conversations and like i said at the top it just this kind of mini arc of their relationship in this episode was very successful and like you said it's a perfect kind of setup to kind of like this is like phase one of our quest and we're really kind of we can move into phase two i would say more of a cohesive unit which is a great outcome of this episode yeah it definitely feels like we're done the prologue of like Mm -hmm. what we're about to get into um it's nice and i guess communicate this way like emotionally and openly like personally says like i feel alone I don't know who to trust like that feels Mm -hmm. like uh, just kind of admitting that to people you don't really know so well. Yeah, that feels, you know, there's a level of emotional maturity there for sure. Yeah, dude, Walker's killing it. Um, He's great, man. He's great. I I guess we need to talk about like the literal last thing that we get to see is them after Grover talks Percy out of bearing Medusa's head. They say, what are we going to do? They go back into the labyrinth and what they decide to do is mail Medusa's head using the Hermes Express to Mount Olympus, yeah. which Hermes on Express paper is like one of my favorite parts of the books. Well, on paper, like that sounds like the dumbest fucking idea ever. Because what <laughs> Grover says is like, you are literally basically going to say, "Here, gods!" Like, and if they they can open it up and still get like, I don't know. Either way, it's just like a declaration of war is yeah. what I'm seeing it as. But Percy doesn't see it that way. And I kind of like that he just rolls through and says, like, fuck it, whatever, we're going to do it. Um, Because then you get to see Hermes actually deliver it in the Empire State Building, goes all the way up to the top. Yeah. Yeah. Percy hits him with the consensus song, which was great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That literally made me laugh out loud when he just, like, starts clapping. (laughs) I was like, I'm happy they didn't do it for long. (laughs) Yeah. You just do, like, a a couple bars. He's such a rap bastard. What what did you think? Yeah, go ahead. Well, just one more, I would say, comment line I want to call out is, um, they, again, they have this like hidden information conversation where Annabeth tells Percy about Electo's offer, obviously, which she turned down. And then Percy tells them about Medusa's offer, which was kind of giving the two of them up for Percy's safety, whatever it may be. And I like how she's like, what did you say? And he goes, what did I say? I cut her head off. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> it's like, fair enough, brother. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, I like I forgot uh, that that Lynn Manuel Miranda was Hermes. Yeah, I didn't know that either. I, um, I didn't know that. I just completely forgot about that. What did you think like about that whole Hermes sequence? I thought it was perfectly fine. Thought it was good. Yeah. I like yeah, at the yeah. end he just says, You guys are not gonna believe this. And it just like pots <laughs> to the credits. It's so yeah. cool. I thought it was good. It was a nice little fun way to end the episode. And it was good way, I think, to introduce which I always thought was just funny. And it makes sense because the book's set in New York and like we're talking about this bringing myth stuff into modern day, just that it's the top of the Empire State Building. So is that the second god we've seen? It's just been Dionysus and Hermes? Yeah. Interesting, because mm-hmm. I'm just shocked we haven't seen uh, Poseidon or Zeus yet because they make such I, yeah. a big deal about throwing them out in the beginning of the movie of the movie yeah. and like the conversations that they had, which I'm fine building it up to be like a reveal. Like, yeah, this I don't, is, I don't, you know, I don't know who's playing them now that I think about it. I'm sure I knew at some point, like paying attention yeah. to the casting. I only know that edge plays Aries. That's it. Yes. Which I actually was <laughs> talking to, <laughs> talking to Jimmy about over uh, <laughs> Christmas. I can't wait to see that. Yeah. I'm really excited for that too. Yeah. 
That's so cool. All right, Edge. That's <laughs> just a funny cast. I remember when it came out and I was like, no fucking way that's real. Yeah. All right. So what is real is that that's a wrap on episode three. Once again, we visit the Garden Emporium. Like we've said, we had fun with this episode. We thought it was very successful in what it was trying to do. The mini arc of the relationship. We're now this more of a, I would say, a questing group, maybe, than like a band of individuals or maybe two strong-willed individuals with a funny little glue guy in between. Say so we're more of a of a trio now, which is always nice because this trio kicks fucking ass in the books. So it's kind of nice to, to get the beginning of their story and to feel the way we feel about it. So we're going to keep covering the show, obviously, now that it's week to week. We'll be back next week whenever that is obviously for episode four whatever the name of that is we'll be here and if you're getting you know to become a big fan of bingetown tv and you want more content we're covering shit right now jujitsu kaisen is about to wrap up that's an anime for those that aren't familiar um netflix is doing a live action adaptation of another anime called yu yu Hakusho. we're currently covering that we are just wrapped up actually murder at the end of the world which is a hulu mini it's a hit was it a one season series or is it continuing I checked out for one second. Say it again. Murder. Murder's done. It's one season one. Okay, done. Done one season. Limited series, okay. yeah. Okay. And then Amazon, Jack Reacher, or I guess it's just Reacher, Reacher season yeah. two. Season two, right? Season three? Either way, the newest season of Reacher on Amazon Prime. We're covering that as well. And we have things coming down the pike. So I would say if you're interested in Binge Town, outside of just our coverage right here, Percy Jackson, the best way to stay up to date with everything is just to go to our Binge Town TV main feed. I'm sure you're probably listening on the Percy Jackson specific feed. So go to the Binge Town main feed. You'll see all our episodes. And if you want it more organized, BingetownTV.com. There's a nice little drop down menu, has every, every, show that we've covered in alphabetical order which is perfect for searching through them in a more organized way and so yeah that's all i got for the third time second time this season we are binge sound tv and thank you for listening you're listening to the geekscape network you're listening to the geekscape network